Hey guys, real quick addenda before uh, we get started here. Um, I recorded the bulk of this prior to us going out to New York for the Misfit show and just in the busyness of everything with everything going on, I'm only now having a chance to put it together and put it up. Uh, just to give some context, today is Tuesday and it's the Tuesday after the actual Misfit show. So it's October the 22nd. So some time has passed, um, and with that said, I've had time to uh, dig into the movie and get a lot of the way into the assembly edit, and it's coming together great. Super proud of it, super excited, super happy that it's going so easily um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, And it's actually going to go rather fast because um, I'm trying to get the assembly done pretty quickly, again, for a lot of different reasons. So, um, probably do another episode here in the next week or so, uh, bringing in some other people's viewpoints on the process, but that's kind of where we stand for now. And, uh, I'll let you go ahead and listen to the stuff I recorded a few weeks back. Enjoy.
now that I can say this with certainty, even though the last episode I think I recorded on the 11th day of 12, um, but now I can look back and say with certainty that it's you know better than I could have even expected as far as my you know past experience is concerned. Of course, there were issues and problems, but I mean, that's like I always say, you make it easy because it's there's going to be those things, but it was it was minor. There was never any real weirdness. You know, there was never any like weirdness. Uh, when I say weirdness, I don't mean I mean it like like not a legitimate weird, legitimate. I don't know. Somebody freaked out or somebody hung up on something. It just the problems didn't exist. Uh, I thought we were going to be dealing with that in the, like in a kind of manner with uh, with Debbie's uh, flight because of the hurricane, not not the tropical storm that hit us right after that here in Houston, but the hur- I think it's hurricane or Hurricane Dorian. Uh, I remember the name now, but I thought that was going to be our sort of subject that we would have to deal with here. And even that, uh, Debbie helped us figure that out pretty easily. Uh, she ended up getting here. She wasn't even really late. Like she made her call on the day she was supposed to be here. Uh, I think she just ended up a few hours later on the day that it was intended. But we got everything. We got. We didn't just get everything needed with her. We got kind of some stuff that we that we hadn't planned on when we were finishing early. And uh, we were able to come back to my office here in Houston and do some some stuff that we've written of her being just voice on the phone. We were actually able to do here in Houston at my office in Dallas. So, on the phone. Um, so, yeah, that was, was, like I said, that pretty much exemplifies how things according to plan, but better than expected. So that only served to really put the anxiety and the weirdness in sharper relief for me because I didn't really have a reason to, apparently, you know, in my mind, I didn't have a reason to be freaking out like that. And I was speaking to my therapist and everything during the, the time we, you know, the time that we went through it, and she kind of understands how I was having these reactions. Still going through it um, was still very odd for me because every morning I would wake up and the last thing I would want to do was go to that step, even though there was no reason. It's not like I was thinking, oh, yesterday sucked so badly. This person's being an asshole and I don't want to deal with them. This person's being difficult. This person wants to make changes. You know, there was none of that. You know, it was just I had nothing but good feelings and good thoughts. I mean, even down to, like, good meals, you know, <laughs> like, as the catering employee. So it, it was really kind of, it was like all the, all the pent-up bullshit from the last several years just all kind of came out into that bigot all at once, you know, and it, and it was via, you know, mystery stuff. And I tried not to. I don't think anybody really realized it. In, in listening to people's responses to the last episode, I'm fortunate in that it, it doesn't seem like anybody really knew, besides the people that would have known, you know, the people that I spoke with and knew on a regular basis. It didn't seem like anybody really knew or tuned into what was going on, which is great because I didn't want to, like I said I, before, I didn't want to fuck the movie or get in anybody's head about me not being the, the 
last day and see what I can do there. Um, but, you know, Melanie told me, she's came to set a couple times, and she's got some great fragrance there. And Melanie, you know, she said, as an outsider, you know, looking at this, but knowing these dimensions, uh, you know, that everything went great. I could tell that you were getting through it and doing what needed to be done, but I could also tell that things didn't happen the way I had. It's just, just a, you know, and it's, it's, I feel silly saying that because I should have been nudging the button and asking for guidance. But it, again, it had nothing to do with what was going on or the movie or the people or it was just what's so mind boggling about it had nothing to do with the experience. It was just that the experience was sort of just in the broadest of strokes to other stuff that I've done stuff in the past. And that was a preliminary bit of work on it. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it gave me a lot of really great perspective that I never thought, like if you had, if you had asked me not a, a year ago or it, even six months ago, like that I would, if you told me I would feel the ways I feel right now, I would have called utter bullshit. mindset where things were so positive yet way so negative but all internal you know um, it's, it's a weird spot to be in but the, the gift the, the flip side of that the gift that it's given me is I kind of I feel a lot freer because I don't I mentioned this on the last one too I kind of don't care about a lot of stuff I cared about before I don't care about being a cool kid I don't care about being in the club um, be it genre club or the regional filmmaking club or whatever it is or even in the people that want to be my movie buddies club you know like I don't none of that matters to me anymore because I don't really know that that's part and parcel of what I want it's not that important and I learned that via knowing that I'm going to be you know pretty unhappy trying to because I just, you know, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about a lot of stuff that I was worried about, that I know that I was constantly worried about on the previous film. Uh, I'm not, I was able to sort of mentally jujitsu my way through a lot more, a lot of stuff that I didn't think I would be able to, just because I didn't attach that much weight to it anymore. Uh, I mean, which is, is sort of a, ver a way of saying learning to pick your battles, which I feel like I've done pretty good in, with that throughout, but um, in this, this time, I definitely knew there were moments where I needed the old, or I would say the old me, even though that wasn't that long ago, uh, the old me would have either flipped out or lost it or gotten really angry and held on to it for a long time about inconsequential things. say mental jujitsu six minutes, but I get in my mind it's very specific to the, an experience that me and Glenn I had when we were training at Metro Fight Club. Uh, the guy came in for the role of Saul, who's 
and believe in Jesus and the guy that handles the gang runs the gang, good friend of ours, uh, top level martial artist, and this guy wanted to come in and sort of see if his see if Saul was worse trained than the other guys were. And and Saul's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll roll with you. And I always think about Saul's face and he was just like he wasn't even really the cutest guy, but the guy was just so frustrated with Simon and his training and, and the logic and the logistics of martial art or whatever, you know. And all Saul was doing was it was like he was like a snake just rolling over this guy, but the expression on his face never changed. It was like the, the straight line mouth that always makes sense. And it was just the expression of ease and he wasn't even like it was just so simple to just roll with him. It's like not really that's the ultimate thing I think of when I think of the, the whole Jewish patriarchs. They're like martyrs. Um, but that's mentally how I feel. Uh, I was finally at a point where I could see those kinds of things and just turn on my love on bullshit. And it weirdly came as a result of all this negative shit. So, I mean, you have to realize that when you're going through things that make you feel like garbage or things that are so negative or feel like you're never going to crawl out of, there's always, in my experience, there's always a weird hidden gift, and that's one of them, for me, this time around, that I'm noticing. Um, so that's, I kind of, whenever things get really weird, I try to sort of reflect on that and how I've been rewiring things to not, to not, God, I can't get hung up on stuff so much. And a lot of, I think a lot of that has to do with, I got, in that period of time leading up to this, probably several years, honestly, um, he says, I just realized the Bible says that you need to pray and let the Lord work out. Um, I had just, the process of all that stuff, like you can go back to the old episodes and listen to it, but the process of going through all that had wore me down to such a degree that I was, I was just so raw, and it was it's just raw truth and honesty. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole when I say that, but that's all that was left because I couldn't, I had no energy or time for anything else. And so I think that that, the process of getting down from that and not, um, not having the luxury to really do anything but go into survival mode and um, cut to the chase, so to speak, has really had a lasting lasting effect. And it's not like that's the first time it's ever happened in my life, but um, this is definitely, uh, I feel like this is definitely one of the most intense periods. I can, I can only compare it to, I think as far as stuff I've gone through, um, when I had like a, I had a nervous breakdown in college like many before, and that was, it was kind of, it was when I left the University of Texas in 
drives the um, drives the uh, intensity at which everything sort of like has to touch touch this balance that we're building. So anyway, um, this that sort of rewires the central mechanics of everything. Then a, a nice breath of fresh air is you able to sort of sort of concentrate on the on the matter at hand. That in conjunction with people. goes a long way and then things go even off the rails so uh, I'm pretty excited about really sort of doing that I actually you know one thing that I haven't mentioned is I haven't really I've, I've done a little bit of and when I say editing it's really just like the pre-editing and stuff like the organization things to take putting things in bins and labeling stuff but haven't really not really had to label because it's all been pretty well organized but just labeled stuff in a way that But as far as cutting together stuff, I hadn't really started yet because I, I hadn't had time with all the other stuff that was going on. But as I'm really starting to dig in, it's the first time that I've, I've been really excited to do it. Like I'm actually annoyed that I haven't had time to do it yet. Whereas before, it was hard for me to get into those drives. In fact, I never even, like I didn't even want to. I had a really energetic film. Now I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Like I wish I had a little bit more hours in the day so I could cutting this film, um, but I'm finally going to be able to get going on that, it seems that we actually have kind of have an accelerated um, post-production schedule, which is good, um, for a lot of different reasons that hopefully we'll get to eventually, right, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that everybody seems to be moving with the same probably faster than I am, for one, right? Uh, I, in the past, I felt like I'm the only person who can't move with stuff, uh, and then, like, I'll do a bunch of stuff, try to get get through things immediately, and then just kind of forget about it, and then I'm waiting on X, Y, or Z, this person to decide that it's a priority, but that's not the case now, so I'm, I'm happy about all that. Because all the all the quote unquote issues have kind of been uncovered and everything, 
like I don't I just don't have so much high level experience and I definitely know that I don't I'm, I'm pretty much working on other people's stuff um, I have no desire to try and chase those jobs those gigs or work on other people's movies because I can barely I'm happy working on my own stuff so why would I go work on your shit show and for you know low rates and then you know and get there um, and fortunately I don't need to because I have a job job and I have a few contracts and a couple things hey, we want you to direct nine of these fucking things. We'd like to, I was trying to have this, I was having this conversation with Mark Sterling and uh, I was trying to think of something that would be like the ultimate carrot to dangle, you know, for anybody else. And so I was like, okay, well, let's say someone saw this and was like, oh, we want you to direct. We figured out the Friday the 13th lawsuit bullshit and it's supposed to be Friday the 13th. picked Friday the 13th for a very specific reason, because if it was a nightmare <laughs> movie, of course I'd choose that movie. I mean, I'd not. A part, a, a requisite part of making that movie would be the Halloween nightmare movie, which is a nightmare. Um, but that's what I'm trying to, like, I mean, obviously there are exceptions to things that have financially. 
actually more, I don't want to say, uh, get my, you know, get my brand out there because that sounds so ridiculous. And, and, and not only does it sound ridiculous, but I don't really care that my uh, visibility is heightened in that way. What does that matter? Uh, as you as a, I know people that are relatively famous that still have, still go back to, hey, God, your life is not what you think it is. You think your life only says that is a whole different thing. Um, so for me, it's more about like changing our lives in a real rubber meets the road way. But even that, I don't know if that would, if it, it would be worth going through. I can only imagine I would have at least 50% of the mental anguish that I went through for this thing just because that stuff never really things are always difficult for me if I can say that and uh, I, I don't know if I shook it all out I don't know if it would help having some more people hear me on the set um, I don't know that that was the issue you know uh, because I was pretty happy with the reduction of amount of things I had to do on this if that makes sense and and the little and I actually felt bad because I, I felt like I could have been doing more certain and it, it's that it's kind of illogical but it's just sort of burned into me from just the last awaken to the last thing um, so I don't know if that equation would solve anything actually I'm pretty sure it would like having more people hear me on this would actually give me the answer so I don't know what I don't know what the answer is but I do know that Again, in a very real way, it's that those kind of things happen, and I don't know what I I don't know what would happen because it would have to be a very, very specific sort of sweet moment. Because all the things that I'm that I've been worried about, I've kind of solved those two problems. Like money's coming in. I didn't go broke making the movie. I didn't go crazy making the movie paying all my bills, I have a great job job, and then there's that other money coming in from the contract stuff that's not only exhausting those, so we're not really worried about anything, I mean, we're working on, uh, one of the things we had been doing before I got my other job was we'd say, I'd spot away money and just say, okay, how do we fill the kitchen now, and spot away money, that will probably get the trigger pulled on it, we probably would have done it earlier, but the movie came along, and that I was sweating when I was working at the Soul Train Salon, I now, <coughs> now I see has, you know, it has no power, now I know it has no power over me, but it just, it was, you know, along the lines of, oh, I'm, I'm not getting anything made, I'm not making anything, this and such, and I'm like, when can, when do I get to do a movie, when do I get to do this, and now I'm like, oh, damn it, I did it, and I don't, it didn't really salve all those wounds, or the wounds that were there were just thought was important was really not important. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, there was this, this weird like paradigm shift underneath that happened in the space of shit, man, it wasn't even six months. It was like maybe four to five months, right? Is how, how quickly it all happened. Um, 
May and October are kind of different than this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird spot to be in. And I'm curious to see where, <laughs> curious to see where I'll be this time next year. Um, and just where everything moves. But uh, I guess the most important thing is that I'm happy with what we made. I'm super proud of what we made already. I'm excited to continue making it. Uh, excited in a way that I haven't been about it. And I'm happy that everybody was happy with it. And, you know, Lisa and Debbie and Graham and Mason and Bobby, excuse me, man, I brush it like a river when I say it like a river. Uh, they have all said such wonderful, and everybody have all said such wonderful things about the project how they felt coming out of it, you know, looking back on it, um, it means a lot. So I, I, that alone, you know, kind of feeds the side of me that um, realizes that, hey, you know, I am doing the right thing. I am on the right path. I just need to figure out a way to walk that path that fulfills everything that needs that basically makes me happy, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, I'm just sort of slowly finding my way there, and it's only taken me, you know, 20 years to do it, but it takes other people longer than that, so, um, I, I'm, I'm confident to a degree that I will figure, continue figuring that out throughout this process, so, certainty and mean it, which is weird. That's a weird feeling, to put that out there and say I'm happy and actually, you know, happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, kind of crazy for me, for my specifics. So, uh, there's that. Um, and, uh, so, another thing that kind of it, it just sort of sprouted up in the last few days, but we're just trying to figure out the timing for all this stuff that we're doing. Um, it looks like we're finally, finally going to put a bow on um, the news only and under the mondo. I know we, I keep saying that, but what had happened was the guy, the, the colorist of the audio uh, engineer, Greg, you know, James, not respectively, but the guy from the colorist of the audio, Greg, uh, had reached out to me, I think in, it was in May, it was around the time that everything kind of the rug was pulled out from under us, and we were, you know, I was using all that extra money to get all this stuff done. Um, they reached out to me then, and mentioned that they were ready to uh, wrap it up, and, and that the timeline they gave me was essentially the exact timeline that we were doing this year. So I obviously couldn't make that happen, and even before, even in trying to fit it in before that, I knew I wouldn't be able to accomplish it. I, already starting to feel weird about everything. Um, so I told them, uh, you know, told them to pause and we'll reconvene after I get the film done. And at the same time, I'll probably start talking to guys about doing the same things on Misty Spot. So uh, that's kind of ha that's happening now. So it looks like we're going to try to kill a bunch of birds in, in uh, Gary Keenstone. 
performing out of the model and then starting to walk again. But that kind of all worked out. I was hoping it would. Uh, maybe that'll be probably the weekend after Halloween or something. I'm thinking maybe weekend before that, Melanie and I are going to be in New York. Um, and then things start to get crazy after that. So we've, uh, um, and I'll, I'm trying to get the trying to get the first cut of Sunny Island Resort. So, um, yeah, all that looks like it's going to be good. And put a bow on that too, which is which is nice. Uh, and it'll be great for Lisa and Debbie because they'll have uh, they'll have two weekends out there at roughly you know roughly the same time within a month of each other. I think because that all goes towards our Christmas. So that's, uh, that's exciting, too. And then who knows after that? Like I said, I don't even know. I didn't even know that I would be talking about having done a movie, um, another movie, with Christina Milian. I, like, that it was not even a, a thought. So I have no idea <laughs> what, the, what the future will hold, but it's, it, it's definitely a path that I never thought definitely on a path that I never thought I'd be on necessarily, uh, with obvious exceptions, like I knew certain people would be there or be alongside or be along for the ride, but then there are other things that I never would have anticipated, so all that I'm thankful for. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's probably going to end up being a short one because I don't, until I really start to get into the edit and start to discover things, I don't really have a whole lot to say or talk about, so um, I just wanted to dive a little deeper into the weird shit I was feeling and all that, you know, after I've kind of reflected on things, reflected on them, uh, you know, for a few weeks, because it was pretty intense, you know, and I, I can't lie, it was, it was uh, not something I saw coming, and I thought it would be more debilitating than it was. It was pretty debilitating, but fortunately I was able to not let it really fuck me up or trip me up. Um, but I'm, I, I'm very happy to be over it. And uh, I'd never want to go through it again. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully this process will help sort of cleanse me of that. Uh, I do feel like I'm going through some weird decontamination procedure in finishing this movie or doing this movie and finishing it uh, because I feel like even if we do, you know, even if we do down the line have disagreements or fights or re-edits or whatever, the stuff that normally comes in the relationships if you're making a movie with other people I don't think it's going to be the kind of I don't think it's going to really do anything to make the experience lengthen. I really have a disagreement about other things. Everything about this creates positive experience. And actually retaining relationships with people after we're done, who would have thought? You know? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm delousing myself to give those people thought. And hopefully reprogram my brain to uh, be open to the possibility of continuing, you know, cinematically, um, because I, I, you know, put together a pretty awesome team, and I would love to 
work with them again. And uh, I just have to make sure that I'm, I'm prepared for it and I'm ready. So uh, I think that's probably all for now. I'm, I'm trying to trying to go through my brain and see if there's anything I've forgotten to mention, but I don't think so. That's pretty much where we stand, uh, where I stand.
uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, like how much how dark it is. And the the funny thing is, you would think that would be the you know nearly dying would be the darkest thing you would have gotten, but things got so much darker and so much different that I forgot. Even if I was okay, even if financially okay, it was mentally dark because I got a job that I hate, or because or I was working on a movie that I hate, or I wasn't. Didn't have my own movie going on, which then got dark again because I got a movie and I just didn't want to do it. You know, so it's like there was so much. Maybe I'm just fucked up. You know, but I realized that it was my ten-year, you know, near-death immersion a couple of days ago, or yesterday. So uh, yeah, just reflecting on that whole experience and how much changes. It seems like so much longer ago, but only that long ago. much things have changed and how much they haven't, you know, and what places they have and what, un- what unexpected places they have. So, um, yeah, so crazy. And yeah, once again, it's probably the most coincidental thing that happened so long ago because I was expecting it to come out of nowhere. So, it's really strange. I'm really stuff that I want to do and that I that you know it's all production related. Um, either shooting directing. Uh, or yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I got a full tank of gas too. Tom will be back on that. Anybody that's been listening to my regular topic of talking about the weather touched on it when I recorded the last chunk was uh, my, I get, maybe I've mentioned it in some of the older episodes, but I haven't really dwelled too much on it before, and it's even more interesting now because I just did genre movies, the legal genre traffic is very loose, but the fact that I, you know, that my total, total apathy towards say that, I mean, like, disgust, although I don't find myself watching older horror stuff as much, or even the stuff that I own, or even the stuff that I, you know, love, like, I don't really care about that stuff, so I'm glad I don't really have to do it that often, but, uh, my friend, Andy, my friend Andy's, uh, husband put a bet on this, and they kind of, after they sat there and they listened to the story of Las Vegas, that was kind of like the description they gave of it, spun out of that. shitty, of course everybody else loves it, but you know, that's my favorite book in the world, and of course everybody else loves it, and I happen to love it too, so I, this is not me doing good reading, because I don't want to get all into that, but I just didn't like it, you know, I was so turned off by not only the way the movie was done and the disregard for, I, for what I think most werewolves did, but not only that, but everyone's reaction to it being so awesome, uh, even those that 
Texas or any other place that you live in is going to be and that's kind of what really is the main problem as far as the fact that it is coercing um, from the like what Jeremiah said you know working your father out essentially in the name of the Lord um, just from the lack of really working on those decisions not just working on their decisions but even in the world
somebody that I just totally am not down with or involved with it, or it's the emperor's new clothes thing where everybody's all about this next big thing thing, and it never ends up being that big, or clearly it's just going to be a disappointing thing. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those people that's going to pay money or spend time on something just to be disappointed about it next day when it happens. Um, I've learned my lesson. So it's like if I get a bad vibe about something, I'm not even going to, it's going to take a lot to make me eventually turn around and go watch it. And to be honest with you, like I've rarely been wrong about that stuff, at least as far as my faith goes. I think the last time, I mean, it was a long time, it's been a long time since I was really averse to seeing something and finally watched it. It's like, you know what? That was fucking awesome. I'm glad I watched it. Genre-wise, it might have been like the last House on the Left remake, maybe, you know? Uh, and I don't know, I think maybe Josh talked me into that one, but, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Um, and, you know, like the, uh, you know, Stephen King stuff, obviously, I don't really, I kind of divorce the movie stuff from the book stuff. I'll always love the book stuff. Um, the movie stuff kind of just doesn't matter to me now, you know, except aside from like the one of the classics that I love, um, I kind of, because people will, you know, they know that I love and devour the books love the author, so they'll always say, did you see this, did you see this, did you see this, and no, I didn't, and here's, you know, I mean, you know, you don't want to hear why, like, no one wants to hear it, even you guys that are probably, in, some of you that are involved in the industry probably have a bigger stake or interest in stuff, you probably don't want to hear it, you know, um, but I'm sure you have a personal experience that's probably similar, if any of you have been doing this long enough, you want, you kind of, some of this has to sound familiar to you, you know what I mean? Especially at a certain age, and you've been doing it for, I've been doing this for 20 years, you know, there's, there's something, that's a sensitive topic or a sensitive point. So, yeah, that's something weird that I've been dealing with, and of course it just got weirder when I got a movie greenlit that was a genre thing. And now, for those of you that have, you know, that, or to recap, I guess, part of what I mentioned on the last podcast is, I had intended, as like a palate cleanser and just to kind of see where I was at, I had intended to do In Between Inks, which is formerly called 30 to 45. I, d- I had intended to do that first uh, just because it, 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 it would have been a cathartic experience and I think it would have cauterized a lot of those wounds because a lot of it deals with my feelings about all this stuff. But in a you know, in a galactic comedy kind of way, literally and figuratively. Um, so I had fully intended to do that. That was going to be the thing I did next for a lot of movies, and that's what would have been good for me. But like I mentioned before, it's not the kind of thing that you need to tell to people that aren't. It's, it's not need to tell to people until you can get them in the room to watch it. That's one of those things, you know. Um, so when Mystery Spot got which I also, like, I put a lot of that feeling into this movie, so don't get me wrong, it's still that kind of uh, purging experience for me. Um, But I was, I think part of my resistance to it and part of my anxiety about it was that it's got genre, you know, it's a genre movie. It's not a full-on horror movie, I guess. I mean, it is. I hate it when people are like, oh, it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a suspense thriller. Like, I've always hated when they've said shit like that. Uh, or more of a psychological thriller, you know, because invariably they're talking about something like Wrong Turn or 
you know, um, the science fiction, or no, it's really a horror movie. Um, but uh, it's it's not wall to wall blood. You know, there's 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 supernatural stuff in it, and things go very pear shaped for people involved. So I mean, what more could it just sort of put on the horror shelf in the old movie theater than this movie? Um, so that kind of it, it triggered those things in me because I just didn't feel like my heart was in it, I guess, or didn't know if my head would be in it. But also, um, thinking forward, I didn't know if I wanted to play in that sandbox anymore, at least not in the immediate future, you know? Like, genre prep, genre festivals, all that stuff. It's all, it's all tender and poisonous to me for now, you know? So, this is going to be a weird experience, um, uh, to say the least. But again, there comes that freeing aspect of it to where I, yeah, well, maybe because I don't, I don't really have, I don't really have that much invested in it, or as much of my identity invested in it, might be just fine. Like, maybe I've gotten to the point in my head where those 80s guys that I loved watching, like Cronenberg or Wes Craven or Stuart Gordon or, uh, um, you know, guys like that were at because they weren't. I don't feel like they were so like knee deep in the in that world. You know, they kind of I I wouldn't say distance themselves from it because they weren't into it for that long. Maybe that's what it took to maybe that's what it took to approach it the right way or the fresh way. So hey, maybe there's that. Uh, we'll see. I guess. storyboarded it this way without intending it to be, but it's clearly an homage to a shot from the Shining sequel. I didn't even realize it until we actually shoot it that we did it, and I was like, oh, that's that. This is that shot from this part of that movie. And that kind of, you know, triggered some weird feelings, but those, like I said, those are all pretty much warm and fuzzy to me, because I'm still, you know, that stuff ruins for me. Um, to the point where I even I think I even watched Shining Festival once again today because I started to watch Five. Uh, it was kind of like a security blanket thing. Or I, maybe I was doing some screen caps for something for Lisa, something that I did for her. But I don't. I'll leave it up to her to reveal. But uh, I was going through and I ended up. I was screen capping stuff because I couldn't find the images online that I needed. And I 
ended up getting stuck in the laundry machine for four days. So it's still bad. But it's not all gone. It's just, you know, hibernating or, you know, kind of there's a governor on it. <laughs> like, a, like no part of it. But there's only so much that you can say about stuff like that. Really, nothing new that's, that's coming out of it. It's just um, either stuff that I worked on or that other people that I was real close to, you know, that, that, I, that I could sit down and watch just out of support. I just, I'm not doing it. You know, there's someone here who is in your office. So, yeah, that's another fun byproduct of all this. Addendum. I'll probably I'll probably skip the addendum or sign off on the stuff I already.